What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Koban. This is Lift and Learn, episode 10. In this episode, I'll give you a few tips on how to lose weight in your abdominal area, and then I'll be breaking down what a healthy plate of food looks like. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into the episode. So I got my PS5 this week. So I've been playing the Crash Bandicoot Trilogy for the most part, and some God of War, which is actually sick. My TV doesn't support 4K, so I'm still playing in 1080p, which is normal HD. But the games still look amazing, but not as good as they'll be whenever I decide to upgrade my TV, and whenever I get my first PS5 game. Which probably won't be until 2021, since there's so many games I can play for free right now, which is enough for me since I'm no longer classified as a hardcore gamer. So I had to do a PS4 to PS5 data transfer, and after a few attempts, I eventually got it working. I do think that the current games I play on PS4, NHL 21, and Need for Speed, I think they actually do look a little bit better on the PS5 though. It must have something to do with the FPS or something, and I think things look a little bit brighter, but that could just be a placebo. Oh yeah, so the free game that came with the console called Astro's Playroom is actually pretty good. It definitely showed off the controller's capabilities along with so much nostalgia and blast from the past stuff. I'm actually pretty surprised that that was a free game, but it was a short game and I ended up finishing it and I got all the trophies for 100% completion in a few days. So let me just take you back to launch day. November 12th last week, which is when the PS5 came out. All day I was expecting the PS5 to be delivered and UPS didn't deliver it until 7pm. I was literally home all day just waiting for it and it didn't show up until 7pm. Luckily, I ended up having a pretty productive day up to that point. So as I constantly refreshed the tracking info, it said I have to sign for it. Well, it was a few minutes until 7pm and I was just in my room working and then I hear a sliding door from a van right outside my place. Keep in mind that every time I thought I heard any big vehicle outside, I immediately went to the window to see if it was a UPS truck. Well anyways, I heard this van's sliding door closed, so when I looked outside, there was a white van parked outside my place and it just speeded off. So I ran downstairs and I saw a big package just sitting on my driveway. So A, it wasn't even a UPS truck. B, I didn't even have to sign for the package. C, the guy leaves it on my driveway. D, the delivery guy didn't even knock or ring the doorbell. 
Meanwhile, my neighbor was just chilling in his garage, so I'm lucky that I heard the van, even though my neighbor is a good dude. I don't even know what I would do if I got this stolen. Well, whatever, at the end of the day, I ended up getting it, so I guess that's all that matters. And I've gotten into a nice groove, though, when it comes to balancing gaming along with staying active and still working on podcast and trainer stuff that I still have to do. Enough about that, though. Let's get to the good old gym situation up here in Ontario, Canada. Oh, God. So last week, they were open, and now my fun is over again. They closed everything down, basically from York Region to Burlington, starting on Monday. And I'm right in the heart of that, so that sucks for me. Gyms are closed yet again because of this 10 people indoor limit capacity. Seriously, this vaccine could not come any quicker. So let's get this process going, whether that be Pfizer or Moderna. Luckily, I was still able to get some workouts in this week, so it wasn't the worst thing ever. But man, I just want some normalcy. But this pandemic is really messing up a lot of plans for everyone. I'm glad at least that I haven't lost my strength so far. I managed to actually barbell squat this week and played around with 250 pounds. And that actually felt surprisingly good since I had two sessions last week where I was Smith Machine squatting at Planet Fitness. Whenever I'm working out at home though, it just doesn't feel the same. And I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat as me. But so far I'm making it work with what I have. And I should have access to the gym soon, even though Ontario looks like they're about to go back into lockdown mode. So other than that, my week has been pretty uneventful. But I did just get back from getting a COVID test, because I'll be traveling out of the country soon, and that test, oh man, it felt so weird. I originally had an appointment to go to a drive through but we had bad weather this past Sunday, so it was cancelled. I ended up having to reschedule on the same day to another location. The place I ended up getting tested at was an outdoor skating rink, of course, because we're in Canada. And I wasn't really prepared to be outside, so I was the only one in line with just a sweater on. So after waiting for about 45 minutes, where I just watched videos about the new MacBook Air and the M1 chip, while my hands were frozen, I ended up getting the test done, which was actually pretty quick. And hours later, I'm still feeling a little bit weird in my left nostril, since that's where they did the swab. And I should have my results in 2-5 to five days. And with all that being said, let's get into the fitness topics for this week. Question 1. How to lose body fat in your ab area. Alright, so here's a question I get all the time. Since it seems like your waist and ab area is usually one of the more difficult areas to trim down. And I'm in that same boat. Even when I got to a point where I was as lean as I ever was, or was walking around at my lowest body fat percentage, there's just that lower ab area that seems like it just will never go away. Well, I do have a few solutions for you. It's going to be a combination of exercise or working out that specific area, along with losing body fat overall, so that means your diet is going to have to be in check as well. And it could take months or years of consistency in order to get your tummy looking the way you want it to. And that's just because if you have stubborn belly fat, then it's likely because of years of bad habits. And don't feel bad because a lot of us, me included, are in the same boat. So first, let's talk about some exercises you can do for your ab area. If you want to lean out that area, or at least appear leaner in that area, 
then you're going to have to build some muscle in that area. Now, I don't mean do 100 sit-ups or crunches a day for 30 days and your stomach will be how you want it to look. You might see progress in 30 days this way, but like I said, you're going to have to lose body fat everywhere because there's no such thing as spot reduction. That means you can't just hit your ab exercises and just have that area looking lean and tight while the rest of your body is still holding on to fat. It'll help if you hit ab exercises though, because if you have more muscle in that area, then they could pop out more and you might be able to see your abs at a higher body fat percentage just because you developed the muscles in that area. So it's always good to actually specifically target your abdominals. Yes, your compound movements will hit your core because you're still stabilizing your body, but it's not going to develop your abs as much as actually constantly flexing it and contracting those ab muscles in some way. Be sure to hit upper and lower abs and build them as evenly as possible. Now I'm not saying that ab exercises won't hit all of your abs, because your abs all obviously work as one, but certain exercises will target the upper portion a little bit more, and some exercises will hit the lower portion a little bit more. To hit whatever region, upper or lower, you would move that portion of your body. More specifically, to hit your lower abs, you're going to have to do some kind of leg raise type of movement. And to hit your upper abs, you're going to want to do a crunch type of movement so that your upper body moves and your spine flexes. And that's generally how you do that. Cable crunches are my personal favorite to do in the gym, but here's an exercise where you'll rarely find somebody doing it properly. So you gotta go find your rope extension, and you're just gonna use the cable machine here. This is the one you've probably seen people with the rope and kneeling down, doing everything but targeting the abs. If you want to do it properly and actually engage your abs, then picture this with me. Grab your rope and you're going to want to get into a kneeling position and you're going to simulate a crunch against the weight of the cable machine. This is kind of hard to explain when it's just audio, so make sure that you start off by squeezing your glutes to keep your hips from moving back and forth and crunch the weight in using your abs and not your arms, just pulling down the weight. Now some things to remember as you crunch, your arms should generally stay in a fixed position because your abs should be doing the movement. Your spine should round a bit, it's safe and you'll be fine. That's actually how you fully engage your core. If you do notice that your lower back does hurt, then you might want to think about strengthening it, which I'll actually go over next week. Last cue I can give you here is to keep your neck neutral or tucked in a tiny bit and to bring your chest to your knees. I feel like that really helps me get that full ab contraction. So make sure you do this slowly at first and work on your form. That's going to be super important when you're doing a movement for the first time. Remember that perfect practice makes perfect. So to recap, grab the rope. Attach it up top, get in your kneeling position, squeeze your glutes, crunch that weight in using your abs, chest to your knees. Remember to keep a neutral neck and keep your arms in a fixed position. If you still don't get it from my words, because it's hard to teach exercises over audio without me actually being there and moving your body the way it should throughout the range of motion and telling you to squeeze exactly where you should squeeze, then you can definitely find some good sources online for a cable crunch, and I'll even give you one since I currently don't have a video database of my own right now. 
you can just Google or go onto YouTube and search Jeff Nippard, Matt Ogus ab video or something like that. Now, something in this video they didn't talk about is the importance of rotational exercises to develop your abs and core area as well. Things like medicine ball throws with a twist or using resistance bands, which is what I've been doing lately. Anti-rotation moves and movements like wood choppers are great to engage the core and get you moving in a different plane than you're used to. Along with hitting those cable crunches and rotation work, if you really want to target your lower abs like I said earlier, then you're going to have to incorporate some kind of movement where you're bringing your hips up. Now you see people in the gym doing leg raises where they'll hang on the pull-up bar and swing their feet up. 99% of those people you see doing this exercise though, they're doing it wrong. For you to actually engage your lower abs during this exercise, again, your spine will have to flex a little bit because your hips also need to be engaged and moving here. This is going to be difficult for pretty much everyone and it's really hard for me to do. Instead, you can start off with an alternate of that exercise. Try reverse crunches on the ground to start. So for that, you start in a traditional sit-up or crunch position, and instead of lifting your upper body to perform a crunch, you crunch with your lower body. That means lifting your legs off the ground along with your lower back too. Lifting your lower back off the ground is what's really going to give you that contraction that you're looking for to really hit those abs. Now, you've got to do this movement slow and controlled, of course, because although you might feel your abs working, if you're rushing through this range of motion, your hip flexors might be doing more work than you realize. So along with those exercises, you're going to have to change your diet in some way. If you feel like you just have a little bit of belly fat that you just can't seem to get rid of, then you're going to have to pay attention to the nutrition aspect as well, because it could simply be that you just need to get leaner. Now, this could take a long time because it could be stubborn body fat. It could also take long because you have to think about how long it took you to get to this current situation. How many years has it taken for you to get to this point where you're telling yourself to lose weight? Has it been a year? Maybe you're postpartum? Has it been 5 years? Has it been over 10 or 20 years of being obese? If so... Of course it's going to take more than a few months to get to a desirable body weight. It could take years and that's why this whole process is pretty much a lifestyle change. It was your lifestyle that got you here in the first place and you're going to have to change it eventually. Now you don't need to change everything all at once, but slowly over time, maybe years, you're going to have to develop new habits or else you're going to gain the weight back later anyway. And it could get worse. It's going to take months or maybe years of consistency. That means diet and training must be on point. And I know people are always looking for the quickest and easiest solution, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. So in terms of getting leaner, that could include some changes to your diet. You're going to have to track your food and see what you need to improve. Eating whole foods is a good start. Get your lean protein in and maybe increase your fiber intake as well, which I talked about on last week's episode. Maybe you need to eat a healthier plate of food in order to showcase your abs, or make them pop a little bit more. Or maybe you just want to lose a bit of weight around your belly fat area, so let's dive into that with the next topic, since I gave you a few strategies and exercises to try out for yourself. 
So how can you lean out and get better with your nutrition? Well, let's get into it. Question two, what does a healthy plate of food look like? So typically meals will look different whether you're having breakfast, lunch, dinner, or if it's just a snack. And I'll break down what a healthy plate of food should look like, but just know that not every meal will be perfect, so don't think about perfection every time. But there are certain guidelines or things to keep in mind when you're preparing your own meals. Now, not every meal will look this way, and you don't need to completely change your diet to do exactly what I say right away, but you should be striving or getting closer to a healthy plate of food in order to, well, be a little bit more healthier, and if you want to slim your waist down like we were just talking about. If you want to specifically lose fat around your waist area and everywhere in general, then take a bit of what I'm saying into account. So let me break it down. What should the plate look like? So your protein of choice should take up a quarter of your plate, and your carbohydrate of choice should also take up a quarter of your plate. Simple math here, that should be half of your plate already. Now if you're like me in the past, or like mostly everyone I've trained, or the typical plate, that's usually the whole plate you probably are used to maybe having a 50-50 split in terms of protein and carbs, or maybe you typically have carbs take up even more of your plate than your protein. Even if you look at portions from restaurants, you'll typically find something like your plate being 60% carb, 30% protein, and the rest being a tiny little serving of vegetables, if there's any at all. That's just the way our diets have evolved to look like over the years. Let's face it, vegetables aren't really a staple in most people's diet, so if your plate looks like this currently, then don't worry, it's normal. But if we're looking to prioritize health, then you want to have 25% of your plate to be carbs, 25% to be your protein source, and the remaining half should be mostly vegetables, while fruits can be on the side. Personally, this is pretty hard for me, but I do like to emphasize something along these lines for at least my own dinners. So a typical dinner for me is something like quinoa, chicken thighs, and the rest of my plate will be broccoli and or spinach. And that's been one of my staple dinners lately. The fruits I usually have in between meals as snacks, as opposed to having them on the side with my lunch or dinner. And I also like to start my day having some sort of fruit with my breakfast, whether that be a side of kiwis or a banana. So that's really it there. 25% carb, 25% protein, 50% vegetables and fruit. If we break this down a little bit further, for your carb source, it's a good idea to choose whole grains more throughout the week. So it's nice to have a rotation going on here with your rice, quinoa, whole grain breads or pasta, and that'll add some fiber into your diet, and I broke down the importance of that last week in episode 9 of the podcast. Now for your protein sources, it's obviously a good idea to choose lean proteins. Don't just be eating red meat all the time, because that could lead to weight gain. More specifically, a high red meat diet could lead to a larger waist, which is a true telltale sign on if you're truly healthy. Because if you have fat around your midsection then that's going to be accumulating around your organs and will affect how your body runs negatively. So that's how your plate should look like, 
And if we're going to continue on this path of what your healthy plate of food should look like, then it should also have some color to it as well. When I first started working out, I was just so laser focused on everything being about calories. Just trying to eat as much food as I can to try to eat over 4,000 calories daily so I can get as big as possible. Well, if we're talking about actually being a healthy individual and putting on good weight for lean muscle or losing weight to lean out, then you need to have some color on your plate. Back in the day, I used to eat literally just pasta, chicken, butter, and parm. Now, in terms of calories, I hit my goal. 4,000 calories daily, I was getting bigger and stronger. Now, was that the smartest way to go about this bulk phase I was going through? Probably not. In the end, I gained mostly fat and not as much muscle as I could have if I actually paid attention more to eating a better diet, as opposed to just dirty bulking or stuffing my face with any kind of food as long as I was eating a lot, I figured I was putting on muscle. Well, that meal, pasta and chicken and parm, it didn't have any color, so I was missing crucial nutrients that my body needed. And this is where fruits and vegetables come into play for your plate it'll give it that color that you need. Fruits and vegetables have those essential vitamins and minerals that you're not going to get from just eating protein and meats and carbs all day. Getting fruits, and especially eating vegetables, including your greens, are going to be a great added benefit because that's probably where the majority of us are lacking. Even me, no matter how good I think my diet may be, there's always room for improvement. That's why they say the Mediterranean diet is so good for you. It's a diet where eating a lot of vegetables is necessary, even taking up to half of everything you eat. And this kind of diet has been shown to help you live longer and lower your cholesterol, lower your blood sugar levels, and could decrease your risk of developing diseases like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. An example of a breakfast you can eat is something I just had before recording this podcast, which has been a staple for a while. So I just had an omelette along with some whole grain toast and spinach. Simple. On the side, I ended up having a plum and a mandarin orange along with milk. Back in the day, I usually would just have an omelette along with just white rice. Which isn't bad, and I still have that meal on occasion, but most days I do like to have that variety. Especially for the first meal of the day, just to start things off on the right foot. When you're preparing your meals, it's also a good idea to cook with oils and fats that don't contain any trans fats because that'll contribute to increasing your cholesterol and could increase your risk of developing heart disease and strokes as well. Of course, another good thing to have by your plate is a big glass of water as opposed to having sugary drinks and juices with added sugars. Having those kind of drinks won't be too bad for you on occasion though so there's no need to cut it out completely if you don't have to. On a similar topic, since we're talking about sugary drinks, are those pesky processed foods. So moving off of highly processed foods to real and whole foods is usually the first step to a healthier lifestyle. I found out a few years ago that when you're doing grocery shopping, it's actually best to avoid the aisles of the supermarket because that's usually where the highly processed foods are. Of course, you do need to go down some aisles to get certain things like sauces and stuff, but try your best to avoid those aisles, especially the ones with those snack foods. Try your best to stick to foods that are on the outer perimeter of the store. Those are usually where the healthiest options are. 
In the grocery stores in my area, their layouts are pretty much the same everywhere. You got your fruits and vegetables, usually as soon as you walk in. And then there's the bread area, there's the meat section, and then you got your dairy products and eggs. And then the frozen food section, where I'll usually grab my frozen vegetables. And that's really 90% of the things you need right there. Make sure to actually make a shopping list. That's a big thing as well, because it makes things a lot easier. I used to be the one who never made a grocery list. Instead, I just go to No Frills or wherever and literally walk up and down every single aisle to make sure I don't miss a thing. And I usually still end up missing a few things. Like I said, in the aisles are where the processed foods are generally. And if you're not exactly sure what I mean when I say processed foods, since everything is pretty much processed in some sort of way nowadays, then just look for foods that don't have a long list of ingredients. The less ingredients a food has, that likely means it's less processed. Your best choices are foods without an ingredient list, like fruits, meats, and eggs, to name a few. Like I said though, all food goes through a sort of processing in some way, but you should be paying attention to the nutrition label. You'll find these on packaged foods, and they're usually less fresh. You can compare different foods with the nutrition facts and label though, and it's important to pay attention to the serving size along with macronutrients. The food you're looking at may look healthy until you compare the total product to the serving size. But just remember that calories aren't everything, especially when talking about foods like avocado and nuts which have healthier fats. Like I said earlier, trans fats are something to avoid, and the best kind of fats are polyunsaturated and monounsaturated fats are best since they contain your omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. Sodium could be another thing to keep your eye on since manufacturers use it to add extra salt for taste or for shelf life purposes. So I've broken down what your plate should look like. 25% protein, 25% carbs, and 50% vegetables and fruits. And make sure you have some color on your plate as well so you're getting a wide range of vitamins and minerals. So with all that being said, size matters in this department. That's why tracking is so important. It tells you exactly how much calories you're eating because at the end of the day, if you're trying to gain weight, then you need to eat more than you're burning daily. And if you want to lose weight, then you need to burn more than you're eating. Ultimately, most foods aren't going to be bad for you unless you overdo it. One meal isn't going to be the difference between bad health and good health, or you gaining weight and losing weight. That's why when you see these amazing looking weight loss meals or foods or whatever on Instagram, simply just eating that every day isn't going to give you progress since you're obviously going to be eating more than one meal a day. What may cause you to gain weight is not having some kind of moderation in your diet. Even using the portions I've been describing this whole time, if you're simply eating more than your body can handle, then you could still be gaining weight because size matters. If your plate is two times bigger than normal, then of course those portions won't help you if your goal is to lose weight. You can eat food you enjoy as long as you don't overdo it. You can enjoy those foods that may be quote-unquote unhealthy as long as the rest of your diet is under control. In a way, you have to earn days where you can have worse foods, 
because diet is all about balance. People usually eat for taste and taste alone as opposed to thinking about the nutrients and quality of your foods. Consuming low quality foods contributes to the obesity rate and that's what our society has gotten used to. Another tip here is to stop eating before you're full. So think about getting to maybe 80% full as opposed to stuffing yourself to the max. One meal isn't going to make or break you, so just remember that. Of course, not all meals will look perfect, but it's something to keep in mind for at least one meal a day at first, whether that be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Remember that anything can be unhealthy, or more specifically, you could gain weight on any diet. And that's why the size of your plate or the serving you give yourself is going to matter as well. And that concludes episode 10 of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about how to deal with back pain after working out. And then I'll be going over why females won't get too muscular by working out if their goal is to be thin.